and welcome to the What If Movie Podcast, the movie podcast that simply asks, what if? I'm Josh. I'm Bryce. And I'm Hannah. And today, Bryce is going to pose a question for us. No, Hannah's going to pose a question yeah. for us. Oh, okay. And today, Hannah is going to pose a question to us. Yes, today we're going to ask the question, what if Bilbo had kept the ring in the epic trilogy, The Lord of the Rings? The, the motion picture Motion trilogy. picture, yeah. We're going we're gonna to ignore the books, not because they're not fabulous, they because are fabulous. they are, but just because this is a movie podcast, and the two I almost consider to be completely different things. Like, yes, it's the same story, yeah. but they're totally, obviously different genres. We're just going to look at the movies. Yeah, and, and you really do have to keep them separate. It's also a lot simpler to talk about the movies. Yes, and and hours and hours of less time invested yep and if we don't (laughs) if we don't make the caveat that it's only about the movies someone who's listening is gonna have to show off the fact that they read the silmarillion every year but what Um, about tom bombadil right we don't and yes books are great we don't need that now let's talk about the movies nor are we you know gonna focus anything any sort of time on the hobbit movies as well (sighs) Never, yeah. like never on this podcast, unless we're just bashing them, because that's all I know how to do. Yeah, that's, I don't know, maybe that's a conversation we need For to have. Some, I, I have well, still only seen that, Josh, you and I saw the first Hobbit movie in theaters. That is still. The three of us did. Yeah, all three we're of us did. That is still the only Hobbit movie and the only time I've seen it. And I've only seen the second one once, and I've never seen the third one. So really, uh, as self-respecting movie Ugh. talkers we can't even talk about the third one because we've never it's seen true. it and never we can't talk it. about the second one because you guys haven't seen it exactly so and so why even talk about the first exactly. one exactly <laughs> this is sound logic right absolutely here. but to bring everyone up to speed to be honest if you're listening to the podcast if this question intrigues you at all you've probably watched lord of the rings several times i mean so few people who have watched lord of the rings only once it doesn't yeah. seem like a thing you do hannah and i try and make a habit of watching it annually we're actually halfway through the two towers right now But in terms of where our question fits into the movie, in the beginning of Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, Bilbo, of course, uh, in the Shire, is in possession of the One Ring. Um, The characters in the movie don't yet know that it is the One Ring. This will be established fairly early, um, but not until Bilbo leaves the ring to Frodo. So fairly early on in the movie, uh, Bilbo has his 111st birthday, then disappears. His intention is to go on a kind of one last final journey and to leave the ring behind. There's some really interesting exchanges with Gandalf where he almost doesn't leave the ring behind. It's a very difficult thing to leave behind, but eventually he does. Frodo claims the or takes the ring. They eventually find out this is the one ring which sets the events of the movie in motion. You know the rest, probably. But we're asking, what if Bilbo, I think instead of giving the ring to Frodo as he was supposed to, kept the ring in whatever, I guess, whatever permutation, whatever we think that would look like? What if? Yeah, that's that's the question. Um, before we get into that, can anyone remember the first time they saw The Lord of the Rings? Like the specific first viewing? I can. Tell me. So my sister who is not not nearly the nerd that I am, but had actually seen the movie before me. And I saw the movies, or at least I saw the first movie before I'd read Lord of the Rings books. The books. I'd been a a longtime fan of The Hobbit, having read them in Mrs. Cook's um, sixth grade class, having read The Hobbit 
I just never got into Lord of the Rings, but my sister had me watch the, the first movie and I just remember it ending and I'm being like, wait, wait, we're ending there. What? And we just like rented it. So I watched it just in the living room and I like a little at that time, what seemed like a large 27 inch TV. Um, maybe to me, that wasn't really a large TV at that time. But yeah, watched that home. And that's what got me really into like, ah, now I've seen the movie. I need to read the books. So I read the books that year and then, yeah, attended the premiere of the next two over the next four years. Cool. Hmm. Interesting. I was actually a late adopter to watching the Lord of the Rings movies. And, you know, I'm not very comfortable admitting this on a recording device. Um, With millions of people gonna, listening. Is this going to change our friendship forever? Well, okay. So, no, I don't think so. Because because I've converted, okay? All right. <laughs> uh, this was, uh, you know, before I was... You know, born again, so. <laughs> Reborn in the fires of Mountain Doom. Somehow I got caught up in this um, this sort of Star Wars versus Lord of the Rings. Probably because of Jay and Silent Bob, right? Or, or Clerks, rather. Yeah, because, well, Clerks 2 had the, had the whole thing, and I don't even remember when. Uh, the year that Clerks Two came out, but it definitely it definitely struck a chord with me uh, at that time as well. So I was very much oh I'm you know I'm not gonna really devote much time to these Lord of the Rings trilogy movies because I've got uh, my Star Wars movies, and so uh, I remember actually the first Lord of the Rings movie that I watched was The Two Towers. What? What is wrong with you? Well, apparently this has changed our friendship. <laughs> Who watches the second one first? You have no idea what's going on. Well, I I had uh okay, so I had watched a friend play the first one in a video game. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. I think it's better. <laughs> the second one seemed more interesting to me than just they start this journey. I don't know. The trailer, when I had watched it, it was like, oh, that one seems like an interesting one. I, I can probably pick it up from there. So I watched the first or the second one first. Um, and then I was like, oh, okay, now I'll go back and, and check out the rest. So what order will you have your son watch Lord of the Rings? <laughs> well, you know, and all this is kind of funny because... I read The Hobbit in fifth grade while our teacher read it to us, like whenever we would have any downtime. Mm -hmm. And I really liked The Hobbit listening to it uh, as he read it. And so I don't know exactly why later on I would would come to be so slow on, on revisiting Middle Earth with the Lord of the Rings movies. So, you know, I actually remember, so I remember seeing a lot of um, articles in newspapers as Lord of the Rings was being made into movies. And I remember actually kind of thinking like, no, you know, I'm about the Hobbit and Bilbo. I don't need any of this like Frodo character. I'm just not going to not going to get into this. Mind you, I'm like 11 at the time. Um, But I remember also kind of being reticent. Like I knew the movies were being made, but it wasn't until after it was out on video that I saw it. Y'all are weird. I don't know. Ugh. I <laughs> tell us of your purity. Yes, I had read the books once at least. Um of course starting with the Hobbit because it's it's a children's book. It's meant to be read to children. Um and so yeah, I had actually I had 
loved The Hobbit. I had read The Lord of the Rings. Probably a little too young, actually. I don't think you can quite... I would say because you would have been like 10 or 11. Well, when did the first one come out? Fellowship came out in 2001. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2001, 2003, so I, 2005. I had probably, I had, I remembered struggling through them. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, they're, they're not easy reads and they're long. I maybe hadn't even finished the trilogy by the time the movie came out, but I knew I liked it. Mm-hmm. We were in the world. My friends and I were, were excited about it. And so, like, I mean, we saw it in theaters and we saw every other one in theaters. And, like, we were, we were not quite these people, but we were close to being the people who, like, dressed up for the premiere. Uh, we didn't we didn't quite reach that status. Um, I think that's acceptable. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, there. I would agree. There's people dress up for Star Wars movies and all sorts of other stuff. So yeah, no, but like we were real excited for them. Always into it. I think it was like one of the first DVDs that I purchased, mm-hmm. probably, um, which is weird to think about now and. Like, like I purchased it so quickly, they hadn't even released the extended edition yet. So I, I kind of missed that boat. And I will say, Sorry. I did miss the extended edition boat until marrying you. Like, I had never seen the extended That was a big version. factor in the marriage, I think. Yeah. Just that you would then have joint ownership of the Lord of the Rings extended, extended editions. Yeah. So that has been a wonderful addition to my Lord of the Rings life. But, um, Yeah. Yeah, no, I, and I do, despite my kind of late start, I consider myself a pretty, not maybe die, I don't know, kind of diehard Lord of the Rings oh, yeah. fan. 100%. Um, I'd give up Star Wars. Oh, yeah. If I like, had to choose, Star Wars Team Star Wars, Star Wars Team Lord of the Rings, yep. definitely Team Lord of the Rings. All the way. Yep. If if I had, if I'm gun to my head, had to choose, it's not even a choice. That's a weird situation. It is a weird, but hey, if someone's going to point a gun at my head over something, it's probably a movie series. Yeah. <laughs> Though to be honest, as we said with the with the Hobbit movies now, like Ugh. like that really I'm brings so down the average quality. I know. So, but I guess these are not the the questions no. we're addressing. No, it's not. We're talking about Lord of the Rings. We're talking about Bilbo. What if he had kept the ring instead of giving it to Frodo? How would that make the movie different? How would the story change? What are your first thoughts? I think potentially, and this is similar to my our very first episode when we asked about Aladdin, what if Abu had never touched the forbidden treasure? My first answer is possibly nothing. Mm-hmm. Like there's a very easy scenario where nothing changes because um, the first place Bilbo goes is Rivendell. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance that Bilbo goes to Rivendell um, in the intervening time. Um, Gandalf has found out like, ah, crap, this is the, the one ring and things kind of continue as they do in the movies already from there. However, the journey to Rivendell might actually go more smoothly. Oh, for sure. Because Bilbo would have a head start on uh, several of the other baddies, such as the Black Riders. However, if that happened, Frodo would not have had the experiences that led him to volunteer to take the ring mm-hmm. to Mordor. From Rivendell. From Rivendell. And he'd still have to get out of the Shire because the raids are coming. Gollum right. betrayed them. Gollum gave up the name. You know, Baggins Shire. So the wraiths are coming. That's true. And and would Gandalf had fit the pieces together in time or in the right sequence? So Frodo now is in even more dire danger potentially. That's true. And and so if Frodo doesn't like if Frodo doesn't go, Sam doesn't go, Frodo and Sam don't go, Mary and Pippin don't go. Right. And of course one of the big themes. Um, of the movies is kind of how much these big events are shaped by these small. very small people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so potentially, I guess, if Bilbo keeps the ring, 
Frodo doesn't take it to Mordor, and Middle-earth is plunged into everlasting darkness. <laughs> Specify uh, which point we were thinking that, you know, that is the diverging point uh, from what actually happens in the story. Because if we just say, oh, he keeps the ring, he leaves as he planned to, and he never has that interaction with Gandalf, or does he still have some sort of interaction Right, because some of that that interaction in the movies where he he gets really defensive about the ring, he gets aggressive, he, you know, forgets to forgets to leave it. That's sort of what kind of triggers Gandalf thinking about it. Mm -hmm. He's always been suspicious about it. Right. He's always known it's powerful. But some that hold over Bilbo kind of gets him thinking and on this journey of discovery. So I think that conversation, if that doesn't happen, that changes a lot then, because Frodo has no warning then. He'd probably right. honestly get slaughtered. Right. Um, and that well, that changes the story drastically. Yeah, potentially so. It's kind of tough to the ringwright's ability to sense the presence of the ring is not very well defined, mm-hmm. which is one of the strengths of Lord of the Rings, is not um, defining magical properties all that well. But there's the chance that they could actually sense that something, you know, um, that it had gone out of the Shire yeah. or was in a different direction. But yeah, very likely. Um, sorry, Frodo. Bye. Yeah. Sorry about sorry about your last name. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that's a great question, Josh, of like, where does the divergence happen? Um, and obviously there's an endless amount of options for that. But I think that conversation between Frodo and or between Bilbo and Gandalf in the movie is what sets Gandalf thinking about this. And so maybe what else would get him thinking if that conversation doesn't happen let's say Bilbo just is up and gone and he doesn't really say goodbye and he takes the ring to Rivendell maybe maybe what can we see would would get Gandalf on that same train because he has to be the one to figure it out I mean or potentially Elrond Elrond yeah yep. okay yeah Elrond yeah, that would could know. certainly happen he was there yeah <laughs> although you know it definitely seems like so originally uh, Bilbo's intention in leaving it seems is not to stop at Rivendell, but it's kind of to retrace the entire path yeah. of his journey. He just got stuck at Rivendell because he well, cause got he's, old. Yeah, exactly, because he started getting old. But if he holds on to the ring, he doesn't right. and potentially chills in Rivendell for a while. Maybe Elrond or Gandalf or someone realizes the same thing they've realized and things continue apace. But maybe not. Maybe he continues on from there. And the ring goes to places that we never saw it go in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because other than other than Gollum, Gandalf is the only one who knows that Bilbo has the ring to begin with, right? And I don't, I don't see him volunteering that information to Elrond. He's always kept it very secret. Mm-hmm. Um, so how Elrond... Like, something would have to... An event would have to happen that would kind of signal Sauron's return, almost... Um, I feel like in order for Elrond to figure it out without well, Bilbo just if he makes it to Rivendell, uh, potentially the wraiths then follow him all follow the way him. there, and then there's similar some sort to of, the Frodo chase. Anyway, yeah. Yep, and then there's some sort of head there instead of on the way there. That could be, yeah. Because, yeah, raised on the border of, of Rivendell would mm-hmm. not sit well with Elrond, that's right. for sure. Yeah, so clearly, kind of no matter what, the ring goes to Rivendell. At least at first, yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, kind of in my head, the story still has to be about Frodo. 
<laughs> I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be. We're talking about what if. But I feel like it can't be about Bilbo anymore. Like, Bilbo can't be the one to destroy the ring and take it all the way, right? He is old. His time, his story is done, kind of. So you have to get Frodo in somehow, mm. I think. Maybe don't, you guys disagree. Don't tell me you're going to kill Bilbo. I mean, he dies anyway. I mean, he dies. Like, <laughs> I mean, he goes to the. He yeah, yeah. I mean, he doesn't die. He goes, goes to, to the the Grey Havens. The Grey Havens. The yeah. Western Shores. But I mean, I wouldn't kill Bilbo necessarily. I don't think. Kilbo. Um, Kilbo. Volume one. Yeah. But I think Frodo has to get involved. So I think Frodo has to get to Rivendell too. Like I think maybe they still have to meet in Rivendell, and somehow Bilbo then would have to give the ring and then the movie's the same from there but that's kind of a boring answer perhaps end of podcast end of podcast yeah but yeah i mean i think unless unless bilbo's so far ahead of the curve he's so far ahead, you know he doesn't stay in rivendell long that he they're almost chasing bilbo because he has no idea right right and if bilbo's unawares and he's just going on a little troop around the countryside yep. they have to find him before the wraiths do or before sauron and does. i kind of like that idea of bilbo essentially retracing his path from the hobbit to the lonely mountain right and yeah. he's um, probably using the ring quite a bit because he doesn't know that he shouldn't right um, so he's drawing wraiths right and drawing wraiths to him, to him Kind of continuing on his merry way. And yeah, we have, maybe we have a, a the fellowship still, or maybe it's just Aragorn and Gandalf or whoever. But yeah, kind of tracking him and tailing him, trying to catch up to him, but not necessarily knowing what they're going to do when they, they do. Like, yeah, there. you know, tell him, yep, this is the one ring, but. You have to throw it away. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's pretty clear that asking someone to. To give up the ring often doesn't go well, with the exception, actually, of Bilbo giving it up in the beginning. That's yeah. actually one of the notable characteristics of Hobbits is their ability to resist the ring's power. Yep. But yeah, I kind of like that, like this kind of long, drawn-out chase. chase. Yeah, I like that, too. I think what becomes problematic with that, though, is that how long do we want that chase to be going? Like, right. are we, is this, we don't want it to turn into, oh, they just missed him. Oh, they just missed him. And then they finally catch him, right? We don't yeah. want to make it stretched out too right. long. Yeah. yeah. Well, you could have a similar thing that happens to Marion Pippin. Maybe, maybe Bilbo gives up the ring, but then he gets captured. And so the party has to split like, like already happens, but it's for Bilbo or, um, cause yeah, I think you, you can't, have them just chasing for three movies, you know, and and they have to get towards Mordor. Like <laughs> they can't just go towards the Lonely Mountain the mm-hmm. whole time, you know. Um, and yeah, I still don't think that Bilbo can be the one to like throw it into Mount Doom. I don't know. I mean, would it would it be a nice circular? He finds it and he also destroys it, or is that? Yeah, I don't know. That is tough because it does seem like a, I don't know, kind of an important theme or at least movement in Lord of the Rings is kind of the the passing on of this tale, of this story from Bilbo who had his story now to Frodo who ends up having a much, much larger mm-hmm. story in reality. Yeah. And so is it, does it kind of weaken or minimize things if it's like Bilbo part two? Right. I think potentially it does. There's know. also the physicality of Bilbo, right? He's 111 years old. Can right. he actually go on this journey? Right. I I don't think he could go on the journey that Frodo went on at all. Yeah, even though, even with the ring sustaining him. Right. Although Gollum 
is well, pretty that's, physical. Right. I mean, you know, none of our hobbits are action stars, really. Um, yeah. Except when Mary and Pippin get buff um, in Two Towers. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's not necessarily a uh, age-disqualifying thing. What does potentially disqualify him is that he doesn't have his Sam. That's true. Who's his buddy? Gandalf, but Gandalf has to become Gandalf the White. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and so it, so it does seem, I, I agree, like, you couldn't just have this kind of long, drawn-out chase scene, you know? But maybe just in the first movie, that's, right. you know, maybe the, the Fellowship of the Ring would have to obviously have a new title, um, but yeah, maybe that's what the first movie is, is trying to get to Bilbo and the Ring before the Wraiths do. Right, and so what that potentially changes um, is the route that they take. Mm-hmm. Big time, because if they're going towards the Lonely Mountain, let's consult our map. Oh, it's over here now. Yes, I'm looking over at the <laughs> tapestry of Middle Earth I have hanging in my office. Um, but yeah, that does change the route quite a bit. Right. They probably go them. much farther north. Yeah. And so new Which adventures we, ensue. Well, right. And they probably is, wouldn't is, go through the Mines of Moria. Which is a, a big decision. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's a... A pivotal point in the in the movie as it is, so. right? And does the you know does the council the council of the the secret council happen? Well, that, if that Bilbo's already the fellowship, right? If Bilbo's already gone, I mean, potentially Frodo still comes to Rivendell because he has to get away. Um, and maybe Sam ends up coming with him because he he ends up listening at the window anyway. You know, maybe some of that stuff still happens. But even if it's just Frodo. You know, Gandalf would gather, and Elrond, I think, would gather a council still once they figure out, hey, the ring is mm-hmm. is around, we need to get it, because they would know that, like, hey, we're going to track this guy down. So right. they would need someone like Aragorn, they would need, you know. And then you potentially have some of the same interesting interactions that we have in Fellowship, just in that everyone is ostensibly on the same task, but they're all, several of them are kind of secretly wondering, okay, what do we actually do with this? You know, you can imagine Boromir kind of taking part of this this chase mission. Like, yep, we're going to secure the ring so that we can destroy it. But you can see a lot of scenes of him thinking, no, we need to to capture this ring and use it. You know, some of the same dynamic we get, but in a slightly different setting, which might actually be an interesting way to explore that. Another thought that I... Um had as far as how we could approach this question. I wrote down this uh, in the very beginning of the the movie when it says, the Ring of Power perceived its time had come and abandoned Gollum, but the Ring did not intend for Bilbo to pick it up and the hobbits will shape the fortunes of all, Mm. that section. And so I think, you know, we've already established that it's important that it's hobbits who take this journey to destroy the Ring. We need the hobbits there. But... Um, I, I was thinking about Hobbit will shape the fortune of all. What if it wasn't from a good place, but maybe a bad place? And maybe uh, Bilbo keeps the ring and doesn't quite go full Gollum, but uh, becomes some sort of adversary uh, who who um, who maybe is uh, turns in some way against Gandalf and and the Fellowship. Hmm. That would be quite the divergence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it would be kind of a like a stab wound to the viewer, right? Especially those who read The Hobbit and kind of grew up with this story and these characters. Like, seeing Bilbo turn 
on his his dearest friends would be quite the the gut wrencher there. Yeah. Well, you know, and that potentially introduces kind of the way the three movies are structured. Like the entire time we're switching between, especially in the second and third ones, like the journey of the ring. And then I'm going over to kind of the big, um, like geopolitical conflicts, like the big battle and that sort of thing. And potentially in uh, this version, um, you know, we have big battle conflicts. And instead of the journey of the ring, Either the smaller struggle over it or even the search for it, you know, mm-hmm. trying to find Bilbo who has intentionally hold himself up or is working against uh, those who are trying to find the ring. So it potentially only changes like half of the threads of this movie mm-hmm. that are woven, which could be interesting. I, I do feel like I, do, I just have this feeling within me that I need to make a side note. I recognize that this is all blasphemy. Oh, 100%. Like, I really do. I'm not I'm not comfortable doing it. Nope. I think I don't think any of this is good. I don't think it's right meat right or salutary. Um but this is the what if movie pod. Yeah. And we yeah. have asked what if. Please so nobody answer. do a rewrite of the Lord of the Rings. That would just be it would be wrong. It would be very wrong. But yeah, I think Ooh, I really I really struggle with like an evil Bilbo cuz even just that one moment in Rivendell where he sees Frodo with the ring and he kind of goes gollumy ah. and grabs it like that's awful. That's a mm-hmm. terrible moment as a viewer. Um and it's just like a split second and he feels horrible about it and you know, it's a real it's a it's a meaningful moment in the movie I think for Frodo too. Um so to think of like 100% all the time evil Bilbo is sad. <laughs> But yeah, then it then it really is. You still kind of have this. You got to get to it before he maybe gives it to Sauron, or I don't know. Would he go that far, or would he just hold away? You know, you would. I, I guess I would think it'd be some similar to Gollum, where you kind of hold up. Because mm-hmm. part of the thing with the ring is that it's kind of the evil it can do is proportional to the power of the wielder. Mm-hmm. I was like, why Gandalf is so loath to take it because mm-hmm. through him it would wield a great power. And I think that's actually one of the reasons that the hobbits are relatively good at carrying it as opposed to the they're other because they are very and lowly and they're not yeah. powerful. And so, yeah, it's kind of, it'd be interesting to see like what does uh, Bilbo as a villain, like what can he even do with this aside from turn mostly invisible? Yeah, and I think it would, you would end up with him being Gollum. And so maybe Gollum without the ring ages quickly and dies early on after revealing the name or something. Um, or but they it's just already, kill him right so, away. Right, or mm-hmm. they just kill him, yeah. Um, and so then you kind of have this Gollum replacement, Gollum 2.0. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you kind of need a character like that, right? Someone to to take pity on but you never fully trust um but that that idea of like you know pity is what stayed bilbo's hand um in regards to Gollum, um that's a kind of an interesting theme throughout the story um and so then it would be it would be kind of turned on to bilbo and and how would gandalf and the others do you have to kill him to get it do you have you know how Mm -hmm. do you how do you get it from him then without yeah i don't know it might also bring up um sort of a macguffin whereas both the good guys and the bad guys are seeking out 
Bilbo, and then uh, then their paths cross, and they have to fight and engage, and then uh, they along the way they're always deciding, well, you know, what are we gonna do once we catch Bilbo? As you said, do we have to kill him? Can we figure out a way to get the ring? And you know, is there still good in him, or mm-hmm. or something like that? Yeah, because yeah, I think you kind of brought up this briefly, but like everyone else is going to be wary and loath to to be the ring bearer, right? Gandalf can't take it. Aragorn can't take it. Or entirely too eager. Right, like Boromir. Um, yeah, and so so then who, if you take it from Bilbo, who who gets it? Who has to carry it? And who who's strong enough or, or weak enough to kind of resist the urge to mm-hmm. use it? And so maybe, you know, if we end up in a situation where yeah, Bilbo is going off in his own kind of evading pursuers and either we don't have the, the council of the ring or they don't come to any resolution because the object is not there before them. And so maybe we actually have multiple parties searching for this. You know, I can imagine um, Elrond and Gandalf, you know, team good guys kind of putting together some who are looking for it. But there might be also some voices from Gondor, you know, Boromir. And others who are looking to capture this to use it as a weapon. And we can imagine several other parties, obviously, Sauron and his baddies, um, um, as well as Saruman, of course, who's maybe, you know, allied with Gandalf at first. Um, but you can imagine, you know, not just kind of a two-sided conflict here, but several people kind of uh, going for this. And so you end up almost with more of a rat race hmm. kind of thing. Would that the overly epic- complicate would oh, it be, absolutely. It'd be entirely hard to watch. Like, it'd be hard to keep all that straight. It, it would have to be a, a different movie. Mm, well, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a good idea, <laughs> but but it's an idea. You know, you can yeah. have several parties seeking this out, all kind of going towards the same general location. Now, what I wouldn't want to do is have like all the parties converge in one location, then just have... One long movie that's all about a relatively minor battle in front of that location, because that would be terrible. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, it would. Um, what was it? Oh, I had a thought. It's gone. Oh, it was probably pretty good. Mm. We'll never know. It's gone forever. Do you think this would bleed into the other movies as well? Or do you think we can pretty much contain it to the first movie? I mean, I would say the only way you can contain it to the first movie is if all that happens is Bilbo gets a bit of a head start. Right? Mm -hmm. And then Frodo and the gang team up with him again later and he gives the ring to Frodo. Yeah, if the only effect is how the ring gets to Rivendell, then it's pretty contained. You end up having Or even to- past Rivendell, right. right? But like as long as Frodo still ends up with the ring in the first movie, I think the rest of the trilogy is probably pretty much untouched. Right. But unless that happens, then I think things change completely. Yeah, if Frodo never gets the ring, well then Frodo, you don't even need Frodo. Mhm. Yeah. Because, especially because the other hobbits are, their presence in the Fellowship is attached to Frodo. Right. And the those hobbits end up driving a lot of the major action of the rest of the movie. And so without them, things potentially pan out very differently 
Um, of course, much more poorly for the, the good people of Middle Earth, which is not necessarily the film you would make, but things you would, if you want it to turn out better, things you would have to take into account. Mm-hmm. I do kind of wonder if multiple parties know that Bilbo has the ring. Like, like let's say Sauron knows he has it and he just doesn't know where he is, right? And we've got this kind of multi-party chase going on for Bilbo. Do you have that larger geopolitical strife? Do you, do they care then? You know, it's like, well, we don't need to take out Gondor. We don't need to take out Rohan. Like, it doesn't matter because we'll just get the ring. I think so, potentially, because at least as the action is presented in the movie, um, some of it seems almost coincidental, the fact that these two things are happening at the same time, that the ring is going towards Mordor at the same time that Mordor has reached the strength to strike at the world of men. Um, So I think you potentially do still have some of those big things happening. Because I think you need those big battles. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's they're really freaking cool. Right. First of all, like just on a movie watching level, they're just fun to watch. They're cool, well choreographed, well done. Like you just you kind of have to have those large battle mm-hmm. scenes only over the top at particular moments. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I can't stop. <laughs> hating on the Hobbit. Um, oh, I thought you were referring to, uh, you know, the surfing down the stairs. No, well, that is. Hours. Okay, and so we that's exactly, yeah, maybe yeah. this is not the time nor the place, but I'm here now in this place. So when I watch Lord of the Rings now, I see, yeah, surfing down the shield, the, uh, sliding the down the elephant's, yeah, the yeah. elephant's trunk. It's all Legolas. It Why is. is it always Legolas? And I see like, oh, there are the seeds yep. that led to yep. the horribleness it's of the, the Hobbit. It's the little, the sprout yep. that grew it, into it a tree. It was here, these just little <laughs> bit of darkness yes. starting to fester. But it's only Legolas. I think it's... It's because it's Orlando Bloom and like he gets really crappy dialogue a lot of the time. And so you have to let him do I mean, a poor thing. Poor Ola- Orlando Bloom in this movie <laughs> got a lot of lines that were just lifted straight from the book, which I appreciate, I appreciate. including. But like they often just placed. kind of feel out of place. They run as if the very whips of their masters are behind them. <laughs> Great. Okay. Super. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Poor Legolas. Anyway. So, yes, the seeds are there, Josh. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You, you can see from whence the Hobbit sprung. Yes, unfortunately. Well, and I think that, so, part of the implications of Bilbo keeping the rings are not just the where he goes or who he's with, but choices that are made. Because Frodo makes some very key choices at different times that not every character, not even every Hobbit, would have been able to make. Um, some of these choices are not giving the ring to certain people. Now, Frodo tried to give it to Gandalf. Gandalf is wise, and so did not take it. Tried to give it to Galadriel. Galadriel is wise and did not take it. But there are other people who potentially would have taken it. And so is Bilbo. And I think, again, so we're bringing in kind of the Hobbit book here, but not the Lord of the Rings books. You know, I don't know that Bilbo as a character has kind of the naive wisdom that Frodo does. Like, Frodo displays a lot of kind of acumen in just determining... You are trustworthy. You are not trustworthy. And so, I, but I don't know that Bilbo always displays that. And part of that is because The Hobbit is a children's book. And mm-hmm. so he's just a little bit more naive character. He's bumbling, character. though, a little right. bit. Yeah. And so you potentially, even though he'd be loath to give it up, you can potentially see him in a situation 
more so than Frodo, that he does give it up to a, a more person. powerful figure or the wrong person. Right, right. Like, Frodo very wisely keeps the ring from Boromir, right? Boromir shows an interest in it. Mm-hmm. He wants it. He tries to take it by force. Frodo obviously protects the ring. But then in the same scene, practically, he's offering it to Aragorn. Right. And, like, obviously these are tests of the characters mm-hmm. and and whether they pass or fail has larger implications to who they are in, in the story and, and in life. But, um, and it, and it's partly for Frodo maybe too. He's testing himself in a way too. But, um, but yeah, I can totally see Bilbo just being like, Oh, you want it. I'm tired of having it. Or I'm in a position where I'm being forced to give it up. So like, sure, go ahead. And it's the wrong person. Right. Cause Frodo doesn't want to have the ring, but knows he can't give it up. Bilbo, wants to keep the ring and so maybe also conversely he would be unfortunately more willing to give it up actually makes me think i kind of wish maybe we got some chances to see legolas or gimli tempted Tempted. by the ring and they never Um, are yeah and partially because in the in the movies especially they serve as kind of side characters to gimli especially gimli ends up being a lot of the Comic relief. Yep. Charcoal's Gimli. Um, He's definitely one of my favorite characters. Oh, for sure. But he's a a powerful dwarf in his own right. I mean, he he comes from, you know, royalty. Right. Um, So he has his own people to lead and his own battles to fight. And so he'd be just. Well, and dwarves are notorious for their greed. That actually would be, yeah, kind of a neat thing to see just a little bit of struggle there yeah um but you only have time to do so much right um but that would be interesting it would be yeah um and i wonder i'd have to look at a a better map than our tapestry (sighs) as it is just not very detailed but yeah the resolution of the tapestry (laughs) is not fantastic can't hardly read it but um it's a very it's a small tapestry i'd be curious to know you know if bilbo gets a pretty big head start and he starts starts out at least on his lonely mountain journey like Kind of who else would he encounter and how would that change the story? You know, what mm-hmm. other what other lands and peoples? Well, um, so you would think he'd probably go to Bjorn's house. I would assume so. But Bjorn strikes me as someone who would react in a similar way. Sorry, we're getting beyond movies now. But would react in a similar way to Tom Bombadil. Like, cool, I don't care. Right. <laughs> but he would also, if going through Mirkwood, he would encounter Legolas's folk. Well, that's Which true, potentially yeah. does set up the... Um, that temptation conflict. You know, maybe mm-hmm. we put Legolas there. Since we've established we can just put Legolas wherever, wherever we want. Um, you know, maybe we encounter Legolas there and we see that conflict. Sure, yeah. Because he's he's also royal royal blood. He would be in charge at some point of his, his people. So maybe, maybe if this happens, instead of assembling the fellowship at the um, beginning at the council, yeah, we assemble the fellowship kind of halfway through and so maybe the second movie is the fellowship of the ring or something because as bilbo travels over the misty mountains as he goes to bjorn's house as he goes through mirkwood maybe goes to the lonely mountain maybe gimli's there um Mm. for whatever reason and we see each of these characters encounter um and maybe pass maybe continue to struggle with certain um tests and so maybe we kind of continue glomming on and building the fellowship Mm. as we encounter these different places so did you just make Lord of the Rings longer? Maybe. <laughs> I believe I did. <laughs> because then they would go all the way to the Lonely Mountain, then they'd have to go back and go to Mordor and destroy it. 
Yep. Yeah, that's the problem with Bilbo trekking to the Lonely Mountain. It's like, oh, it's the wrong direction, yeah. boys. <laughs> yep, yep. I, I just made Lord of the Rings longer. We made it four movies. I brought us into a bigger forest than Fangorn. No kidding, right? Mirkwood's huge. Uh. But I, I think that's potentially a, a, a real way that this could have consequences while not just like shutting down the journey right of course you and might it, argue that they would reach the eagles sooner <laughs> well uh, now the eagles don't just do favors for okay, people yeah. okay Gwyneth, lord of the eagles is not just gonna swoop down and do whatever you need them to do and like that's far okay they have, they get tired too just because they're giant eagles doesn't mean they can just fly across the world <laughs> sensitive subject <laughs> But yeah, I think... Maybe we'll just blow up the Death Star. Whichever Death Star it is. Yeah. Just find the... The find weak the point that every ship point. has. Yeah. 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 Team Lord okay, of the Rings. Okay. I, I didn't mean to make such a low blow. Okay. <laughs> now we're, we're just That's being fair. nasty. Um, but yeah, I think potentially... This is the problem with messing with this movie. In, at all. In any way. Because the the large themes are so important, mm-hmm. and they were so carefully crafted by Tolkien in the books that like, and they were so well translated to the movie for the most part. Yeah, even when stuff had to be changed. Right. And, and actually, they when we were watching some true. of these the appendices in the yes. extended edition, um, Peter Jackson talked about you know when we had to make there were many places where we decided to make changes, but we tried to preserve these larger themes. Yeah, and so. I worry that obviously making any change at all kind of destroys these larger themes, right? These themes of friendship and loyalty and, and um, you know, these kind of larger themes, even with Aragorn and the, the race of men, right? This is the new age. Middle Earth is passing away. More strength and humility. And- yeah. And so I, I worry if we kind of have this like multi-movie chase scene that like then it's just a stupid action movie well and i think that's kind of the value of asking these sorts of questions because in asking this kind of question what if this key thing were different we learned more about the movie or movies as they currently stand yeah that's probably true because i think like there's so many places in here where it's like yep and this happens and middle earth is plunged into darkness but I think maybe the most important one is the one I raised earlier, where Bilbo does not have his Sam. Um, it's true. He's got know, no one to rely on. Right. Sam, who is like a humble being among humble beings, you know, really ends ends up being the key. Um, to, and obviously, several happenings and several characters end up being the key. But Sam's the true hero. Yeah. You know, Sam's a real key of this. And so just the very fact that he would be excluded from this... I think becomes pretty key and dooms the mission. Mm-hmm. It would potentially be interesting to see more close calls as far as Sauron gaining ground. Um, because they're pretty well able to beat him back at kind of every turn. Like it's always close. It's always on the edge of a knife, you know, mm-hmm. everything could happen, could fall in an instant. Um, but potentially losing some big battles or, um, you know, someone getting captured or like, you know, something that makes it even a more close call. That There might be some opportunity for mm-hmm. that with a Bilbo keeping the ring scenario, especially if he, like Josh suggested, kind of turns. 
a little bit. You know, and that's true. We don't see, like, of the big battles we see, we don't necessarily see, like, a big strategic loss for um, team good guys. Um, like, Osgiliath is lost, but that happened before we kind of come into the scene. So, yeah, potentially... Um, yeah, that that is could be an interesting result. Same some things, some big losses, some things that turn out poorly. Again, you are proposing making Lord of the Rings longer. Yes, much. Eight movies, <laughs> mini series. Any thoughts over there, Star Wars? Uh, no, just just that you know that's one thing that uh, the Empire Strikes Back does do is leaves the second movie off with this sense of uh, hopelessness and dread that uh, you don't really get in the Two Towers as much. It, overall, I think Two Towers is a is a uh, darker movie, mm-hmm. but uh, by the end, you know, it, you, you leave off with more hope than you do in, say, Empire. Yeah, and that is a good point. I like movies, especially kind of middle movies where you know there's going to be another that end real negatively like that like i like empire i like infinity war for that reason um i frankly would like to and i like the middle of avengers age of ultron as we discussed uh, a few episodes ago like i like when heroes suffer big losses Mm -hmm. yeah and and i would say like the hero in the Lord of the Rings, Frodo and Sam, like they suffer big personal losses, mm-hmm. but you never see a big like. Right, they don't lose at Helm's Deep. They don't lose at, you know, lots of losses, like yeah. casualties for sure. The potentially fellowship ends on a loss. It does because yeah. by the end of fellowship, the fellowship is it's broken. Broken, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, like they they did a real bad job in at a way being a group, right? <laughs> well, and you talked earlier about having the fellowship meet up uh, and then potentially dissolve in the second movie uh, in in this scenario earlier I don't remember which one of you had mentioned it but if they do uh, meet up in the second one and then break apart in the second one then we get that uh, hopelessness that we kind of lack as it stands now yeah potentially. that's true yep especially if you also have Bilbo turning maybe in the second movie Right, if he starts to betray them mm-hmm. in the second movie and the group breaks up, that's a pretty big blow. Yep. Well, and so you could c- potentially combine some of these things. So maybe Bilbo does set out with a fellowship, but because the ring has been acting upon him for so long, he abandons the fellowship. Mm. Um, you know, maybe it's somewhere along those lines that we end the first movie. And so then the second movie is these multiple parties pursuing and searching for Bilbo. Mm hmm. I still think if Bilbo turns, we still have a problem of who gets the ring to Mordor. Right. And I don't I don't know how to fix that because at this point, I don't think Frodo's involved. Well, yeah, exactly. There's no there'd There's be no, no other reason Hobbit. for Frodo to be involved. He would just need to get out of the Shire, lay low for a while, go back home. I mean, potentially something about the ring like draws takes, him. Yeah, draws him towards Mordor. That could be. And the ring makes decisions of its own mm-hmm. right the ring betrays sauron the ring betrays every owner the ring can choose sort of who it next goes to in in some ways and um you know so maybe that maybe the ring draws frodo in and chooses mm-hmm. but but he the ring would have to know that that's a bad choice <laughs> right but if bilbo never so this would be a kind of further variation if Bilbo never finds out that the ring he's carrying is the one ring, 
Like, if there's some sort of, you know, voice or force calling him to a particular place, he might not have a reason to not find it. Especially, again, kind of outside the movies, but Sauron has a, a reputation of taking on a fair aspect to fool people into serving him. And so potentially, you know, it's Bilbo wearing the ring instead of seeing this uh, lidless eye wreathed in, fra- in flame, you know, he does see a very a fair countenance that's telling him to, to come to this place. And so some of the journey that we see is Bilbo taking the ring closer to its uh, fruition of darkness and the other uh, parties pursuing him both to obtain the ring and also to keep that from happening, mm. which potentially gets us to Mordor. There you go. But um, one thing that I just thought of is if we're using Bilbo uh, in place of, of Gollum as this creature that um, either we're, we're chasing or this creature that is, you know, trying to get the ring for himself rather than uh, uh, either for Sauron or for destroying it, we lose... Uh, and this goes a little bit more to the filmmaking side of it, but then we lose Andy Serkis, his performance. That would be a shame. It would be a shame. I'll be I'll be honest. When I go back and rewatch Lord of the Rings, as I frequently do, Gollum's not always my favorite part. Um, well, I don't think he's supposed to be your favorite Right, not like my part. favorite. And, <laughs> and I don't know, maybe I'm just like, because I remember at the time, like, such a huge deal like everyone doing their terrible right. Gollum impression exactly that like, was way more like yeah and so actually when I go back and watch it now I'm not necessarily like, wowed by Andy Serkis like did he do a great job yeah um are you sure you're not like I think you, it'd be really hard to deny that the performance is outstanding oh yeah yeah like I think you're just reacting to Gollum love yeah, and that could very well be. I do that a lot. Other people like something, so I have you to stop liking it. <laughs> and, and you could probably not. make the argument that he's done better things since. And yeah. so looking at back at that now, you're like, yeah, you know, that was good, but he does he he gets better potentially. Right. Potentially. I, th- I think potentially what causes me, um, and not, I don't dislike Andy Serkis's performance of Gollum, but because it was so good, it's become so all-encompassing that we're like incapable of envisioning any other performance of it. Mm. And so I think the fact that it's closed off, like seeing other ways to potentially do this part, that what that's what causes me a little bit of resentment. Sure. All right. Did you ever watch the Rankin Bass Hobbit? I th- is that the animated? Yeah. Well, yes. I think we watched that in sixth grade after reading yep. the book. It's- oh yeah. Terrifying in its so. own way. The the golem in that is much more of like this weird fish creature, right? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Um, black colored and um, kind of yeah, big webbed hands. Webby. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. um, so you can definitely see that character going a lot of different ways. But I agree uh, with Circus's performance. Everybody thinks of Gollum in just that one way, right? And then it doesn't help. I know we weren't going to mention these again, but uh, it doesn't help in the first Hobbit movie, too, when he comes back and everybody is reminded of right. that betrayal. Right. Riddles in the brightly lit cave. Yes. <laughs> Riddles in the sunlight. What is this? Oh, I can see plainly that it's a ring. Yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> okay. Seriously, we got to be done. <laughs> uh, I will 
I don't know. I've been told uh, that I will watch the second and third movie someday. Our friend... It is not this day. Our friend wants to watch them with us simply so that he can watch us mock and make fun and hate on it. That can be like our first video commentary. Ooh, oh, there we go. It'd be like Mystery Science Theater, but just like ire. <laughs> Six hours of us watching the second two Hobbit movies. <laughs> I don't even great. wanna. Yeah. Why is Legolas in it? <sighs> Speaking so, of hours, I feel like this podcast has gone on for a while. It's been a pretty long one. Yeah. Any uh, final thoughts? Yeah, I don't like. I don't know that we ended up with any real cohesive movie. But. Not at all. Which I think is probably a testament a to our inability to write movies, and b just like how good these are and how yeah. solid they are and how solid the story is. Like they don't they don't need to be messed with at all. Yeah. But and and like I said, I think that's the value of this sort of exercise if you will is it really exposes what kind of makes the movie what it is but yeah i think you end up with a couple of scenarios large overarching you know scenarios either not much changes and you just maybe delay things a little bit um or literally everything changes and it's a completely different story it's totally totally different thing and I think it shows, too, that in Lord of the Rings, there are so many things that need to happen. Yeah. And, like, you have to go to Mordor. That's just that's just Gotta the thing. Gotta do it. Like, geography is very important in Lord of the Rings, so you have to go there. And so when you're making changes, you're like, okay, but how do we make the exact same thing right. happen? How do we still end up in Mordor? Right, because this needs to happen. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And going to the Lonely Mountain is not the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, those were our thoughts on what if Bilbo kept the ring in the Lord of the Rings films. Uh, Let us know what you think. Uh, How would the movies change? Uh, How dare we mess with these movies like we have? How dare we? Mostly that. I repent. Uh, I do. (laughs) I recant everything I just (laughs) said. Uh, you can let us know on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash whatifmoviepod. Let us know on Twitter at whatifmoviepod. What <laughs> I just want to hey, demonstrate Bryce, that I, rem- I remembered it. I learned about the Twitter. <laughs> uh, or you can on our website, whatifmoviepod.com. And uh, next time we are asking... Next time we're going to ask the question... On pins and needles. I'm on needles and pins. Oh my. Now, I want to preface this <laughs> by I'm saying scared. the last question I asked is uh, what if X movie is good? I'm going to pose the uh, opposite question this time and ask what if Prisoner of Azkaban is bad? I, th- I think, I think it, it, is. it is. Well, I think see, what you're asking now, is okay. okay Josh reason, anticipated our reaction. <laughs> the reason why I pose this question, knowing uh, your ire for the movie, is that it in um, in movie critic circles is seen as uh, the best movies out of uh, the Harry Potter film series. Interesting. And I will say, it has been a long time since I've watched it. Because I stopped watching the Harry Potter movies after this movie because I hated it so much. And I was coming at it from a book perspective, which I will 
completely 100% say is a terrible way to approach a lot yep. of movies made from books. And that's true. I think it's been a while since I watched the Harry Potter movies as well. And I too was because I used to be real big Harry Potter nerd. Um, and so I came into the movies very much the person, well, in, in the, the books. books. Um, so it has been a while, but I know this movie ends on a freeze frame. Ooh, um, that's bad. Like a art, you know, kind of like freeze frame stylized filter over it. Like, I know that happens. So, so okay. That's, so that's, <laughs> but okay. No, fair enough. I, so, I feel like I have to watch is. one and two first because it's Maybe been so. so long so so what if it is bad or what if it were, were bad? bad we, we asked no, the what same if, question what if it is bad so like last time we asked what if it is good so like uh looking at it what what can we find that's good sure what if it is in... bad we've got uh sort of you know what um you know what uh well what the film critics say mm-hmm. versus what uh you know what you guys uh, and maybe what the Harry Potter fans say uh, between it. Sure. I gotta I like say, I think season. like so far, Bryce is the only other Harry Potter movie, like people who like the movies like the movies a lot. And like people who are super Harry Potter fans, like like the books and the movies can do no wrong. So like we might be the only ones. I know, you know, <laughs> the I like I said, you used to be super into the books. The movies, pun intended, ruined the magic for me. Whoa. So I, I always resented the fact well maybe we should save this for the next podcast. But I will say I always resented the fact that the movies started coming out before the series was, was finished. Mm-hmm. 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 A little uh yeah. little Game of Thronesy. Yeah. So but we can save that and we can talk about solving all your problems with time travel. Wee. But until then, I'm Bryce and I have a tapestry of Middle Earth in my office. <laughs> I'm Hannah and I I pretty much wish I was a hobbit. <laughs> she has very and- hairy feet. <laughs> explains <laughs> so much what would it I'm possibly Josh. explain your Goodbye. sandals <laughs> <laughs>